Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Sherry is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for their creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. This is a very special show. Today we're going to talk to the cast of my radio play, Joe Cronus, Capture the Kaiser. This is a recorded show, so please don't call in. I'm really excited for you to hear this chat. Here's the cast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today we're talking to the cast of my new play, Joe Cronus, uh, After the Caesar. And basically, this is a sequel that takes place right after the first one. And I have almost the whole cast. And I'm very excited to chat with you guys. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hey, Sherry. Great to be here. Hey, Sherry. Thank you for having us. I'm really happy to have you all here. Um, most of you have been on the show. Um, it's really cool uh, to talk to you about this play because it's one of my babies, and I don't do that many for Sherry's Playhouse, so I'm really excited. Um, first of all, uh, there's a big difference between this one and the last and the first Joe Cronus. It's a lot darker. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, who hurt you, Sherry? <laughs> In between writing the two. <laughs> okay, we're going to well, psychology class. I had to use the flashlight for this one because of the darkness. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, I, I like uh, the darkness. Sometimes that can be a that can actually brighten things up. I actually, it was very cathartic to write it, to be honest. So, yeah, it was cool. Uh, I was going to ask you, where, where did the darkness come from for you in visiting it again? Why, where, where did that catharsis come from? It's really funny because when I was writing it, I had no intention for it to be dark. I, I'm the type of writer that follows the way the characters are going. And for some reason, Terrence really wanted to be dark. He just wanted to be a creep. So, I let him. Oh, Nick. <laughs> well, yes, there you go. Well, it's actually it's actually quite interesting, certainly for, for me in the character, because obviously in the, in the first one, he was a, a little more foppish. And then the story arc and the sort of character arc in this play uh, goes from being you know, somewhat uh, insane in the in the prison where he, he kind of becomes a little unhinged all the way through to complete madness by the end of the you know the end of the play. So it's an interesting as an actor, it's an interesting uh, interesting role. It's a, it's more in depth. I mean, Terrence is a deeper character, I think, and I wrote it. So I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> um. And how do you feel about Joe's development because you've lost the love of your life, Charlie? Well, quite, and that is is, is a <clears throat> overriding obsession in the second one. So inevitably, Joe, I suppose, is a is a little less uh, flippant, a little darker. Not Terence dark, of course. And Terence is a sick, sick individual now. Uh, but uh, but 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 yes. Uh, uh, Joe. Certainly has a, a motivating principle, I suppose. 
and that is Jane. 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 Elizabeth couldn't be with us tonight, who plays Jane uh, Austen. So, and she sends everybody love and kisses. <laughs> but she's filming, so she can't do it. Um, <laughs> um, Tom is actually not new to my show, but new to Sherry's Playhouse. Um, how do you do? You, how do you feel about playing Steve? Do you like the character? I like Steve a lot. I, it's funny. I, I'm sure it's a natural extension even for you where visiting a character like that, you know, my love of period uh, storytelling and period characters, um, I, what I liked about it when you when you asked me to do it is, you know, he's a man of his time, but he's, he's got kind of a hard-boiled quality to him that I really like. It's characters that I have played and enjoy playing. Um, something that I you know, particularly like about Steve is that, you know, you get to visit that sort of Casablanca uh, nightclub feeling with him and he's very protective of his lady and uh, it's a lot of fun playing a character like that. It's, he's, he's my interpretation of sort of uh, the character from Rick from Casablanca and, and uh, his name wasn't Steve in it, and to have him to have not. She called him Steve, but that wasn't his character. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's sort of a combination of both of them. Yeah, it's a great attitude and a great, you know, he's, he's another kind of knight with rusted armor, uh, which is, you know, something Bogart did really well. And I like characters like that because they hide their vulnerability under a kind of cynicism and humor that always makes it fun to play. You can play a couple levels below it. Cool. And you're enjoying it. And you enjoyed it. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, I love radio. I mean, radio is one of the few art forms where you can say, hey, look, an elephant. Everyone sees an elephant. (laughs) And you don't have to buy an elephant. And you don't have to worry about how you're dressed when you're doing it. (laughs) Exactly. as As a filmmaker, I love radio because you don't have to go buy it or rent it. Just say, oh, there's an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Just have to find the sound effect. <laughs> yeah, the sound effect of the elephant. Exactly. Um, okay, so we have some people are playing multiple characters, um, and Ray and Ariel are actually playing couples as both characters. <laughs> Is that? It didn't happen purposely. It just happened. How do you guys feel about that? You're you're both playing couples, but it's totally different characters, totally different accents, totally different motivations. I kind of like to think of them as like parallel universe like couples, like they're the same people but in like different <laughs> like from different time periods and universes. Yeah. that'd be kind of cool. Huh. I agree there. Yeah. I- I think it's fascinating to be able to take a character and then you have, well, uh, like Nimoy did with the, in the Star Trek with the evil Spock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you're not playing an evil character, Ray. (laughs) No, I'm not. But but, uh, it's the, uh, it's the same principle. He's playing a character that, uh, is not not him. I guess that's what I want to say. Okay. Well, this is, 
that's true. But uh, but I just think that because Robert and Drew were in the first one, and right. Tanner and Aurora are new. So did you find it harder to bring the newer ones, or did you find it harder to find where you're going to go with the ones that you were playing before? I don't know. Like, Drew wasn't in the last one very much. I mean, she was talked about a lot. Um, and then, but she was important. And then in this one, they're together a lot more, her and Robert. Like, they're a team. And then I guess with Tanner and Aurora, um, it's been a joy to bring them to life. They're really cool. Especially Aurora. I think she's awesome. Aurora is one of my favorite characters, I think, I've written because she's so strong, she's so together, and and basically Tanner, even though he's really strong too, he just like, okay, honey. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't want to uh, cross swords with uh, with Aurora because he's had relationships with women and. Frankly, yeah. He's, uh, he, un he understands the two things that uh, men learn when they get married is yes and dear and that. <laughs> That's what my dad used to say. How did, you, how, did we, how did you stay married for 50 years? I learned two words. Yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um, another person with several characters is Liz. Uh, she gets to play, she's your partner, uh, Tom Minnie. Um, <laughs> and she's also the narrator. How do you mm -hmm. feel about flipping back and forth between a character and the narrator, who is a character, really? Well, I, Minnie's such a strong character. Um, and the British accent, I don't know. I think switching that far back and forth on the spectrum makes it easier if they were you know if she was American then maybe it would have a harder time distinguishing between the two but but it's good and she's a strong character so makes it easy cool yeah I love Minnie Minnie's, Minnie says it like it is mm -hmm. she's, just she's really pretty cool. bright yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love the part where she uh, where Steve is talking to someone and says, oh, she, uh, she has paper behind the bar. What for? She writes poetry. <laughs> it's just, so all of that, and she's a poet. Yeah. It's like really in-depth lady. I love complex characters. Mm -hmm. um, now, how do you feel about the point that you're a narrator, but you're also a character because you're 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 giving the emotion that the characters are feeling as they're going through their different movements. Well, well that's great, actually. Um, it uh, makes it more fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's not. It's not. I like that. It's not a sort of one-dimensional. Uh, you know, it it starts off in sort of the first half where it's just sort of describing the action, but then as things get darker and darker, it it. Um, you can't help but be sort of sympathetic. You know, it's written to be sympathetic to what the what the characters are actually going through. So it becomes, you know, it it um, strengthens sort of strengthens itself into a character on its own. So 
That's cool. Or in its own right, yeah. Um, and Austin is our newest member of Sherry's Playhouse. Welcome. Are you enjoying it? <laughs> yeah, I'm having a very good time. It's been a lot of fun. And you play three different characters. Um, how do you feel about playing such really, really different people? <laughs> it's been fun, and it's been fun to find a different voice for each one and to kind of yeah, figure out how each one fits into the larger plot of the story. And um, do you have a favorite of the three? I think Malcolm, just because we see him the most. But I don't know. I think him only because he is the most story arc and he actually is able to kind of calm down at the end after he's saved. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons I wrote that scene. I wanted to show that once Terrence was taken out of the scene, people were becoming better and they they were able to go beyond it. That's why I love that part. That's very important. I'm kind of it's not a spoiler because I'm not actually telling you anything, but <laughs> I did give you a little bit of a spoiler there. <laughs> Just a little. Um, that's my place. So I can do it. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, you do a great job. Uh, all three characters are very different, and it's really cool. It's been really fun. Thank you. And Everett is new to Jerry's Plans, but he's been absent without leave. Hi, Everett. Welcome back. <laughs> it's good to be back. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> Did you like that? Absent without leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Everett's also playing three characters. And I am. Which of the three do you like the best? This is going to sound weird, but I really like the character of Haynes. It's been fun finding his voice and getting to uh, play off of Nick and and kind of play a, a character type that I don't normally get to play. I, I remember the first play I did with you, Sherry, play I wrote and directed, where you got to play a, uh, mm -hmm. a villainous character. And now it's my turn to... Uh, play a villainous character in your play. That's sort of like we're handing it off to each other, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I had such fun doing that. Murder at Home. I got to play a femme fatale. I would never in normal life be cast as a femme fatale, so that was like, yes, it was so much fun. <laughs> it was a great play. Well, and so is this. This is just a lot of fun. It's a good old-fashioned throwback to kind of pulp adventure-y type with some science fiction and just it's it's a fun time. Thank you. I actually really like Haynes. I think he's a very complex character. That's one of the reasons I, I like him. But I also like Guard Peterson. He's a sweetie. Yeah, he's nice too. He's I mean, they're all great characters. Uh, I mean, uh, all three of them are good, but yeah, it's sort of to me. It's sort of there's such different characters, but they're both really cool ones. So you should have a tour de force with these guys. <laughs> are you there? I'm here. No, I was just agreeing that it all sounds fantastic. Oh, were you nodding your yeah. head because nobody could see that or hear it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Um, my next question is, how do you feel about, and anybody can answer this, how do you feel about doing this kind of radio acting? It's, it's a different kind of thing because you're not with each other in the same room. Some of the people are in another country. Uh, <laughs> some people Under the current climate, that's probably kind of ideal, really. about doing a radio show. No makeup. You, th you can wear jammies. You can watch your cat running around your room wanting to get in on the act. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm wearing a suit. I'm wearing a tux and all this stuff. <laughs> of course, with a top hat and tails. Yes. Well, you see, you, you see that, don't you? Of course. Oh, Wait, we were supposed to wear clothes? Yeah. 
I I I love that. I love that. It was the reason I started Sherry's Playhouse, and I've said this before. It's because I wanted to give playwrights who have never been heard or seen or had their stuff staged a chance to do that. That's why I don't do my own stuff that often because I'm trying to give other people a chance. And also give actors a platform to do radio work which they don't get anymore, not in the U.S. I mean, probably more in Britain, but not here. So that's what the reason for it was. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I was expecting Charlie to say something funny. <laughs> but because uh, he usually does. Uh, <laughs> Not anymore. Oh no, Charlie. We love you. I do. Um, no, but I agree with Nick. I think that the friendships and the fun of doing it and the silliness that we have sometimes when we're doing it is part, it's like being on stage. It's really cool. I love it. Yeah, it's a camaraderie. You know, one of the things that I miss most about live theater is just the, you know, you're, you're ready to perform and there's a live aspect to it, which I think is also true of this uh format, right? Because we do it live, you know, um, it's not like we're in a recording studio just laying tracks down, we're actually performing, um, and there's, like I say, it's kind of forges of, well, apart from Hamlet, you know. Right. <laughs> Ever, are you over there yet? Yeah. <laughs> was, was, was sent, uh, Nick and I decided to send all our lines individually, pretty much. <laughs> with updates. Christmas, with Christmas Eve, with updates. Uh, yeah. Uh, because we just couldn't nail it too many sound cues <laughs> so that, or at least that was the ostensible reason and Paul yeah. never <laughs> we Actually, laid all this stuff and he did a, a stupendous job a stupendous job okay. that was the one time Sherry's Playhouse wasn't exactly it wasn't live but then it was New Year's <laughs> Eve too so okay sounded great <laughs> yep I locked myself in an old farmhouse in Kansas and edited away <laughs> It was I fun, I though. I still feel bad about that. No, why should oh, no, you feel bad? Oh, no, I had a blast editing it. Really, I did. You don't he, hear that often. He enjoyed I it. I said it. I'm weird. I'm a yeah. DJ. Uh, we enjoy mixing with sound. <laughs> I think Nick and Everett are the people I've ever, only people I've ever heard that really get into the technical stuff like this. They both really like it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, I like the technical too. You like the technical too, Tom? Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned. Well, you know me. Yeah. You you mentioned it earlier. I mean, it's kind of theater of the mind, really. You know, I think it, there, there's a speech at the beginning of Henry V, uh, which really sums up kind of that sort of theater of the mind idea, where he, you know, he talks about, you know, if 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 you lend me your imagination, you know, I'm going to conjure up the fields of Agincourt. Uh, and to me, like, why I love radio, you know, all the way back to the first time I heard Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you know, Douglas Adams on BBC Radio, or Lord of the Rings, you know, um, the BBC version of Lord of the Rings. And for me, being able to sit, you know, sit in front of the 
you know, the radio and, and listen to those worlds, which at that point in time had not been dramatized as a film. Right. So, like, you know, I, I'd read the books of Lord of the Rings and, you know, and I'd seen maybe the, the animated version by Ralph Bakshi. And, you know, like, for me, that was a whole other other world. I, I desperately wanted to see the end and I wanted to feel it. And suddenly you turn on or you put on an album, you know, with The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings and suddenly you're transported to Middle Earth. And all of the sounds... Michael Horden. Yeah, Michael Horden. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know... Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just evokes this, you know, crazy visions in your own mind, kind of like reading in a way, but, you know, with all these different actors. And it, it's, a, it's a really magical experience that I think in True. some ways is deeper than, than film in a weird way because it's your imagination, you know? That's yeah, the part I love about it. Yeah, exactly. That's the part I, I love about it. I always say the ear is deeper than the mind. I mean, than, than the eye, because in your mind, uh, we listen to even radio or conversations, you can get far more in depth, and, and there is so much more comprehension on an audio level. You see things in your head, but, there, you know, it's, it's not as superficial an experience as just images. That's, it, it, yeah. it, it's not like both Absolutely. of you said, but it's like... You take something that you're listening to, and your imagination will go off. You, we can give the guidance, but the people who are listening, you guys who are listening out there, when you listen to these radio plays, your mind can go anywhere you want to go. You can go with Joe and go time traveling or any of the other stories that we've done. It's, it's part of the fun of it. <laughs> And if you don't want it slathered in lens flare, you don't have to have it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mary says, oh, from use of fire. That's true. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> but it's just, it's, uh, um, radio, plays, books, things like this that use the imagination, they're so important. And it can't be neglected. It, they're just too important. It's one of well, my. I, I have a question for the uh, for the Americans on this podcast. Uh, 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 why why did America quit audio drama? In and in a way, the UK kind of didn't. Is it just because of our BBC? Or this is obviously a out of the blue hard question, but because you you guys invented this stuff. I all those, no. all that pulp stuff, the shadow. You know, who knows what evil works in the heart of man? Yeah. Like I, I have a thought on that. Which I honestly right. don't know because sure. I actually grew up in Portland listening to the Cinnamon Bear every Christmas. Cinnamon <laughs> Bear? It's just, yeah, yeah it's, it's a Christmas, it's uh, it's a Christmas one that's done, a radio play that was played in uh, Portland annually around Christmas time. I actually listen to radio plays, but it, I know what Charlie's talking about. And I know what happened. Yeah. They I transferred mean, I guess the answer is TV, isn't That's it? That's it. Yeah, yeah. We, they, we have TV so, yeah. also, so why did... Because the very companies that did radio turned out to be the ones that did television, and they threw all their resources into television. Mm -hmm. And in order for them right. to remain broadcasters, you have to have FCC licenses. And so NBC Broadcasting wanted to spend its money doing television, so it dropped all of its radio shows, all its radio channels whereas it was nationalized or at least government subsidized in England. So the BBC kept BBC one, two, three, whatever, 
but NBC yeah. did not keep a discrete channel. There is no NBC channel on the radio. I was not expecting a concise, comprehensive, and correct answer. I knew that too. (laughs) And the the other thing is, is they used to use they used to use uh, the radio as an audition for doing a TV show. Like uh, I Love Lucy was called My Favorite Husband, and uh, that was an audition of two years before they transferred it to TV. And then My Favorite Husband went poof. Oh, yeah, the Milton Berle show, Jack Benny show, all of those shows started well, it's on radio. radio, like Gunsmoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and I grew up listening to uh, the Lone Ranger and Jack Benny on, on radio. Uh, I'm old enough to be some of your grandfather, somebody's <laughs> grandfather in this group. But uh, I, as I said, I grew up listening to that because we didn't get a TV until late 50s, I mean like in 59 and I was enamored by the old westerns but uh, it, it opened a picture and it, it was I let my imagination run wild Yeah, uh, it was I, I don't know how, how much better to describe it but this is this is an opportunity for me to to relive a past past that I missed. Yeah. Well, oddly enough, though, the last part of the answer to your question is it's actually come full circle because with podcasts, absolutely, with yeah. Audible, I've actually done books on tape that were fully produced Audible productions. Like you had sound effects, you had music, yeah. and there are uh-huh. yeah, there's a, there's a few. Yeah, unrestricted by time. And so the fascinating thing is, here we are in 2020, and people are discovering, wow, you can listen to these audio things, you know, these long <laughs> stories told to you. Well, come around. I actually yeah, had it explained to me. But uh, a 19-year-old explained to me this new phenomenon, which is you can listen to a story long form on a podcast. And I was like, really? Amazing. Did you, did you punch it? Yeah. Well, no, you know, they honestly don't know because you had an entire generation where there was no such thing as podcasting and there was no sure. such thing as radio shows. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because I remember when I was a little girl, I loved classic television. So I, I grew up watching Jack Benny and George and Gracie and all those shows because they were on reruns when I was a kid. So I watched all of them. And one day my father was explaining to us about how they used to watch it staring at the radio box. And the box was about as big as putting your two hands together. It was a small radio box. And they were sitting on the floor staring up at the box. And I asked Dad, why are you staring at a box as you're listening to it? And he said, because that's where the sound was coming from and our imagination was supplying the rest. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Mm-hmm. Going back interesting. It is interesting the the way that it has come full circle, like you mentioned on Audible and, and you know podcasting, because I think that you know the, the the way that we serialize drama is very similar to the way this play is, right? Like this is a a serialized sort of drama, even though it's over a period of time. And Sherry, I'm sure you'll you'll probably end up revisiting these carriers, uh, you know, characters at some point. But it's it's interesting how people really desire to have a continued sort of 
story arc and connect back with characters. Um, and I think that the format that we see now in podcasts and, uh, and, 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 you know, kind of the blog talk radio gives people a way to be able to do that. Yeah, that's I true. agree. I agree. Were well, you going to say something, Everett? Yeah, I was just saying, I was going to say that there's this new format that I'm seeing in um, in gaming culture, where, and not like video gaming culture, but in tabletop gaming culture, where they are, uh, like voice actors are filming themselves playing like Dungeons and Dragons and giving the characters voices and they're having episodes that go two, three hundred episodes of four hours long and people are watching and they're people or watching them play. Watching them play just for the voices and doing other stuff while they're cleaning house or whatever and just letting these characters and getting emotionally invested in these continual stories and and doing artwork of these characters and cosplaying as them in Rinset Comic-Con and that sort of thing. I I actually did a panel on Saturday at Comic Fest um, where one guy decided to put together something like that. We were using the uh, state accelerated rules and we let the audience tell us what genre we're in and what our plot was and what our characters were. It was a two-hour slot, and so the, those of us up front, after we got it done, we after we had everything thrown at us, we played a game with everybody. It was a blast. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it, it just goes to show that story is something as human beings that we yearn. You know, like we yearn for story in, in whatever format, whether it's, uh, you know, as, as you just mentioned, whether it's uh, spontaneous, you know, and you're improv it's just uh-huh. a form of improvise, you know, improv, really. But uh, yeah, I love that. just improv. We just on our characters, accents, and attitudes, and everything. Except for we were just sitting up in front of everybody. You know, just like we would, instead of sitting around the table just playing with, playing a game with each other, we were <laughs> performing the game for the audience. Yeah. Well, Apple TV has just uh, actually just re- reintroduced amazing stories. I don't know if any of you remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. Spielberg, yeah. Yeah, and then before that, obviously, the the magazine, the cult magazine that, you know, launched. That's right. Which I still have some from my dad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Robert E. Howard and and sort of um, Lovecraft, you know, all kind of did the pulp magazines back in the day. So, I, you know, I'm excited to see what they've done with it. Kind of like the same with the Twilight. Yeah, that's kind of something. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I love that. I think that's cool. I think I think anything that she uses your imagination and that sends you soaring is a good thing. Um, okay, we don't have a lot of time, so I just wanted to let everybody know that the uh, show is coming soon. It'll probably be uh, in the next week or two. And uh, please come and listen. And uh, do you guys have any final thoughts before we say goodbye? Only that this is a great bunch, and we're really grateful that you're creating more audio stories. I think that's fantastic. Thank you, Tom. I can't wait to do a part as well. It, uh, it's an opportunity to, as I, I 
said to people, original stories have a wide variety of characters that I wouldn't be able to play otherwise. Uh, I could play a, a person with a full head of hair and <laughs> look like Robert Redford or Paul Newman, and I, I really look more like Orson Welles. So, you know. <laughs> hey, Orson was very handsome when he was young. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I thought I was the one that looked like Orson Welles. <laughs> well, anyway. Well, I think that's lovely. I think it's beautiful. Uh, anybody else? In closing? I'm just grateful for a chance to to act in a different medium and use a different tool for my toolkit as an actor and just be involved with great people and this is a great show and, and uh, great opportunities. Thank you, Everett. And that's yeah. another thing. You stretch muscles on doing this radio work that you don't normally stretch. It's a really good thing. Yes. Uh, Nick? Did you want to say anything? Charlie? Uh, do, uh, do, 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 do you want me, do you want me to do a Nick impersonation? <laughs> oh, no, uh, I wanted to say, if you <laughs> have a... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's like. I mean, come on. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of play Charlie. One one day, I'm just actually just going to play Charlie. So. No, I I I, I figured so much better job. <laughs> Nick wasn't there. I handed it off to Charlie. You guys can do a comedy duo. It's okay. <laughs> All the funny British blokes. Oh yes. So. Put the cat. Do either of uh, you, you have any closing English thoughts? Men, you've heard them all. <laughs> <laughs> do either of you have any closing thoughts? Do you take it uh, Rickland's or do you take it with a... Uh, oh, a couple of builders. A couple of builders for me, though. I'd like a, a milkless matcher. Sorry. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's your closing thought? Uh, look, at the, in the absence of any other franchises where a dashing hero travels through time and space solving injustices, this is really the, the best you're going to get. Isn't it? <laughs> Joe Crockett, Jerry Slayer. Thank you, Charlie. Nick? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, it's, it's the story and the characters have developed so much since the last play that it really again is it's a really interesting play to perform because you get to explore the characters you get to explore kind of different facets of their personalities that you know continue to develop and you continue to learn about these 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 characters that you play so for me every time i open the script and you see the next version and certainly seeing the the depths of madness and, and in some places in this play there are some moments where it's very emotional for Terence as well, where you start to see some of the the things that form Terence, the the backstory, the jealousy, or the you know like the the flaws in his character that have really kind of led to ultimately despair. So it's an interesting, like I said before, as, a, as an actor, it's a really interesting character to probe. Thank you. I, that's one thing I really wanted was to get a little bit more into Terrence, and he wasn't just 
just the bad guy. You didn't know anything about him. Um, okay. Ray, did you want to say something? You were, you sounded like you wanted to. No, I was just, uh, whatever it said, I was, that, that's how I felt. I mean, the opportunity to do something, and it, it develops my, my characters, understanding them, and working with this bunch of people, this, this group, this, uh, I am greatly honored, Aww. I have to say that, uh, for a farm kid that came out off the farm in the late 60s, this is, this is great for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you much. Uh, thank you. Ariel, did you want to say something? Hello. Well, I've been looking forward to the sequel for about two years now, so it's about time. Uh, you've done a great job, Sherry. I'm just really enjoying this, and I'm glad to be back with all these same cast members and some new ones as well. Everybody's just brilliant, and I'm really grateful. Thank you. You're doing wonderful. I mean, you okay. were wonderful in the last one. You're wonderful in this one, too. Thank you. Yeah, i got to say that it is a good laugh. Every rehearsal, uh, you know, we find a way to uh, have fun. So that's that's an important thing. It's Laugh more. Very important, especially in these days. Um, I think we've heard uh, Liz and Austin. I we haven't heard anything from you guys. Did you want to say anything in closing? Um, I just like the story was brought up and the ability to story tell and uh, have different ways to do that and have a new medium to be able to try to share that ability. I don't know. I always, there was a storyteller who came through my school when I was little and I think that really got me into entertainment. So I always like trying to find new ways to be able to do that. The way is a bard. That's very important. <laughs> it's always a challenge to convey a story and to convey a strong character when there's no visual aspect to it. And I, that's one thing I really love about doing this kind of work. Um, and I think everybody here does that brilliantly, you know. There's some very strong characters, and it's really a privilege to work with people who do that so well. It's lots of fun. Thank you, Liz. Um, well, we've come to the end. I want to thank you all for doing this play and being part of Sherry's Playhouse and putting up with me. Thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, that, that, putting up with you is easy. Yeah. <laughs> putting up with me is fun. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this putting up with Charlie really is the hard part. Yeah, yeah, it is Charlie. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, it's trying to figure out the British humor. It's really... Uh, <laughs> it's really, it's really so simple. Yeah. yeah. Oh, British humor, I guess. Maybe I just watch too much British TV. Me too. I, I think I watch, watch only British TV lately. So yeah, that's that's easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you say that. Have you seen HBO? It used to be the case. No, but I love. Like, it's not anymore. No, but I love British TV. Old British telly, definitely. Yeah, great classic stuff. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I want to thank you all. Um. Thank you for. Thank you. Very much for taking the time for being part of the show and coming on on 
Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. Thank you.